Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter and later on our podcast channel. I'm your host, as usual, Andrew Musgrove, joined by Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes. We're coming into this episode about to talk about a game that didn't really go Newcastle's way at all, Aaron. You know, if we thought about this episode uh, prior to the FA Cup clash with Sheffield Wednesday, I think you'd have been hard-pressed to find a Newcastle United fan who would have thought the you know that was the result Newcastle going out of the cup the first question I'm going to ask you Aaron obviously Newcastle lose 2-1 to Sheffield Wednesday it is an upset has the reaction been fair or has it been an overreaction um no I think the reaction's been fair I don't think there's any sort of positive light to spin on it I think um you know how took a bit of a gamble with the team selection he made a lot more changes than I think any of us expected really. And I think, you know, going out with the third round, you know, losing all the momentum that they've built, I don't think there's any sort of positive spin to put on it. So I don't think there's been an overreaction to it. I think it's been the right reaction. I think, you know, fans are rightfully upset about going out and at what was, you know, quite a, I'm not going to say an easy cup tie. Chef Webb were obviously in fantastic form going into the game, but it was a cup tie that you had a lot of faith of them winning. Um, even with a second string team, so yeah, I, I don't think it's been, I don't think the the response has been too strong really. And Sheffield Wednesday came into this game in nearly as good form as Newcastle, so I don't think Newcastle ever went into the clash underestimating their opponents. We know Eddie Howe would never do that anyway. But what do you think the difference was? Was it just that Newcastle missed a boatload of chances and Sheffield Wednesday were simply more clinical? Um, I think Sheffield United probably wanted it more. Uh, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday probably wanted it more. I thought, you know, Newcastle at times, look, it's always difficult when you make so many changes to try and find that rhythm. It looked like a team that hadn't played together in a while. You, you know, you're, you're asking players that haven't played an awful lot of football to come straight into the team and impress. And I think a lot of them have, have, you know, really wasted an opportunity to try and knock on the door for that first team. Yes, you know, Newcastle weren't clinical enough. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about the many chances that they missed. And, you know, there were some real sitters in there and, and Sheffield made them pay. But, you know, it was a really disappointing game. Um, and it puts a lot more pressure on tomorrow than I think would have been on, you know, had they got a result on Saturday. We'll talk about that quarterfinal clash with Leicester City in the League Cup later in the show. Um, you mentioned there the sitters that we missed. There'll be one glaring sitter that everyone's waiting for us to talk about and we'll save that for a little bit later on the show as well. But let's talk about some of the other chances. And, you know, we said there there's not any positives really to take from the game. I'm going to say there's there's at least one and that was that Alexander Izak was back in black and white. I didn't expect him to start at all. Uh, I thought he'd be on the bench and he'd come off should Newcastle need him. In the end, he started. Uh, I mean, not that it's any secret, but I think that's a big sign of maybe what Eddie Howe thinks of Chris Wood long-term. And I know that's easy to say when 
Isaac cost all that money and he is a big star, but I think that's quite a big sign for the for the future of Chris Wood. But also, it was good just to see him back, good to see him playing. He should have scored though as well, Isaac. He had that header. Good save, but I don't, I don't know if he got fully behind it really. I mean, that should have been in the back of the net. Yeah, I think, you know, that was a typical Eddie Howe move that he does in the press conferences, play down the player's fitness or how close they are to return and then you get the team shooting out before kick-off in the start. And so, you know, I'll agree. I didn't expect he's had to be starting on Saturday. I thought, you know, he'd play some part off the bench. Um, and Chris Wood, I mean, you know, he got 45 minutes on Saturday, which is probably more than he thought he was going to get. And, and he obviously didn't take that chance. Isaac, I think, good to see him back. I thought off the ball, he was decent. I think a fully fit Isaac with five or six games under his belt would have scored that header. I think he looked just a little bit stale in front of goal. Um, but look, it'll come. It's good to get minutes under the belt, which Eddie Howe alluded to after the game. And I think, you know, we'll we'll see him come on for that game when he when he features on Tuesday. You mentioned there the changes and, and we saw with Newcastle 2-0 down, the substitutes made. Miggy came on, Bruna came on, Willick came on, then also Trippier. You know, four players there who formed the core of the first team at Newcastle night, but Newcastle still still had the likes of Joe Linton playing. They still had Botman in as well. You know, it wasn't. It was. It was a, a weaker side in comparison to their first team, but it wasn't a weak side that should have gone out to to Sheffield Wednesday. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, as you've mentioned, there there were still some top players in there. I thought, um, for what it's worth, I thought Joe Linton was one of the better players. Um, Botman. Okay, you know, maybe wasn't at his best, but I think, you know, he likes being alongside Fabian Chen in that partnership with the back. So, yeah, look, I, I know I've mentioned the changes and maybe alluded to the fact that that was why Newcastle exited the cup, but I think I, I agree it was still a, a strong enough team that should have given Sheffield Wednesday more of a challenge down there. But look, I think it serves as a reminder for Eddie Howe that this st- squad as a whole probably isn't as strong as he wanted. You know, there was a lot of players that. He's called back into the team that we all thought would have a part to play. Anderson, Jamal Lewis. And, you know, they've, they, as I've mentioned earlier, they really sort of have wasted an opportunity to knock on the door of the manager. Um, but I think, as I say, it's a reminder how it's a reminder at the board and maybe the fans that this squad as a whole probably isn't as... It's probably masked a bit by the fact they've had 14 or 15 banging form, fantastic players over the last three months. And really, when you sort of, you know, look behind the curtain a bit that they probably aren't as strong. So maybe it's a wake-up call that, that they'll have to go out and sign in January. I think it'll definitely be a wake-up call, not that how needed it, that he needs to go full strength tomorrow. Um, so look, there's lessons to be learned from it, but yeah, it's completely disappointing when you, when you see the team that he put out. You mentioned there that they've had so many players in good form. Um, how easy do you think it is for the players who aren't playing week in, week out to come in and, and fit straight into a side that are expected to win because a lot of the players that came in and, and they were deemed by some not to have done a job. I mean, they've gone out, so they obviously haven't done the job they set out to do. But, you know, there was a lot of um, very harsh words on social media. I saw the same four or five names being held up saying they're not good enough, they need to be out, um, if not this window, in the next window. But do we have to cut them some slack because it's not as easy as just coming in and everyone gelling and, and getting through the next round or winning the game. 
Yeah, 100%. Look, you know, everybody has a bad game, even the most informed players in this. The Cast United team have had off days in the last three months when they've been on this fantastic run. We're not saying that, you know, Elliot Anderson coming in and really struggling means that he doesn't have a future. But I think for a lot of these players at their stage in their careers and their stage of where Newcastle United want to be, they've got to take any limited opportunity they get, you know, the likes of Jamal Lewis, the likes of um, even Martin Dubravka to a sense, if they want any sort of long-term future at this club, they need to make sure when they are, you know, drafted into the team at, at you know, short notice or when they come in on, on an off day that they're performing. And I think, Going back to you know your first question, of course it's not easy. I mean, a lot of these players haven't played, you know, many fo- much football at all. I thought the only player that really came in and and really did a job was Javier Manquillo. I thought he did really well down that right hand side. Um, but it, it isn't easy for for a lot of these players to come in. They haven't kicked a ball, you know, competitively in a while, and and I think that's sure on Saturday on Saturday night. Um, why do you think Eddie Howe made the changes? Do you think he had a, an eye on tomorrow's game against Leicester in the League Cup? Yeah, undoubtedly. I think, one, it was it was probably the fact they've had quite a hectic schedule, even though they had that World Cup break. Um, you know, they've had a lot of games in short uh, succession from then. And I think most definitely his eye was on tomorrow, his eye was on the fact he needs to have, you know, as strong as possible outfit uh, for the Carabao Cup game, which was, I mean... Yes, it's disappointing that they've gone out, but if you if you could say it in your Cast United fans, right, you can either get knocked out by Sheffield Wednesday or you can get knocked out by Leicester on Tuesday. You know, a lot of fans, if not all of them, are going to say that they take the FA Cup defeat. So as long as Newcastle go and win tomorrow, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. But huge pressure on them tomorrow because, you know, should they lose against Leicester tomorrow, you know, you've got sort of two-thirds of your season imploding in the space of three days. It's a huge sort of recovery job for how to try and pull off to get the players back in the right mentality for the for the Premier League. Is it a little harder to deal with the exit because they've been on such a good run of form? Like, you know, this is their first defeat since that defeat to Liverpool, wasn't it, back in August? Um, so is it a bit more difficult, do you think, to, to bounce back because of the, how how good of a run of form they've been in they're not used to to losing I think for the fans Saturday's defeat feels so much worse off because you know they've forgotten what it feels like to lose Eddie Howe alluded to it in his post-match press conference that sometimes it actually is good to lose in these situations because it actually serves as a reminder that you need to you know keep your sort of keep your eye on the ball. And I think Newcastle fans have been blessed the last three months to have this fantastic run that nobody expected. And all of a sudden, when you lose against a team you thought you were going to beat, you know, it feels like the world's absolutely collapsed when really it hasn't. So as long as they put it right tomorrow against Leicester, I think, as Al Stapleton says in the comments there, the important thing is the response and how they respond to what is, you know, obviously a, a cruel defeat, but one that, as I said, serves as a bit of a reminder for them. Ben Fitzpatrick says, being dumped out of the FA Cup is not a bad thing at all. Our thin squad couldn't cope with increased fixtures. Better concentrate on the League Cup, which is eminently winnable and finishing as high as possible in the league. And that seems to be the view of, of the majority, I think, of Newcastle United fans. Yeah, look, as I said, you know, if, if, if you give Newcastle United fans two options, and that is 
losing on Saturday or losing tomorrow, I think that everyone will take them out to feed Saturday. And as long as they put it right tomorrow and keep the sort of momentum going for these Premier League games that they've got coming up, which are vitally important, I, I think it's fine. But, you know, as I said at the very start of the show, I don't think you can really spin a positive out of it um, going out in that manner on Saturday. Um, we've got Ian here saying we didn't need a reminder. We know how poor these players are. And so, should Eddie, is is that a little bit unfair on those players who, who came in? Like, you know, Eddie Howe clearly trusted them. I mean, we know he like, for instance, he really likes um, Jacob Murphy. He, he signed Chris Wood. It, is there an argument just to say they, they, had a, they had an off day? Or do you see this being maybe the beginning of the end for some of the, those players that started against Sheffield Wednesday? I think I think that is harsh. And I think if you go back, let's just rewind seven days. Elliot Anderson was, you know, the best up-and-coming footballer we've had in years. Jamal Lascelles was being praised for getting two bookings despite not being on the pitch. Everyone was giving Chris Wood a lot of praise for the graft he was doing off the ball. And everybody was excited to see Jamal Lewis try and take the spot of Dan Byrne. So... To write them all off after one game, of course, it's it's stupid. I, I don't think... I think it's obviously just the knee-jerk reaction of a cup defeat in the third round to a League One team. It's natural. It's going to happen, especially when certain players that haven't been in the team don't have a good game. But, you know, they've got a good collective there. These players have clearly been doing a lot of good work behind the scenes to get in the team. And Eddie Howe wouldn't be playing them if he didn't think they were the right players for this squad. So, let the dust settle. A couple of them might get a chance tomorrow to try and you know, rectify their mistakes from Saturday and then and then judge it. But uh, as I said before, for a lot of these players, you know, they, are, they, they aren't going to get many opportunities between now and the end of the season, which means it's vital that they take them when they do come. I mean, social media wasn't uh, free of criticism for Eddie Howe either on, on Saturday, which for some might have actually been, and this is going to sound a bit strange to say, but a, a little bit, refreshing in many ways because I think outside of Newcastle there is this belief that he is a little bit untouchable and you know some might say well if this had been Steve Bruce you know he would have been hounded out of Newcastle had he lost to Sheffield Wednesday in the third round of the FA Cup Um, but I think Saturday showed you know fans aren't afraid to call it when they see it Um, anyhow maybe getting the team selection wrong yeah, and I think Howe would be the first to admit that he probably did as well. I think, you know, fans have... It is quite refreshing to see that, you know, Eddie just doesn't have this sort of shield that is, you know, sort of against criticism or anything like that. I think um, I think fans have noticed that, you know, Saturday's lineup probably could have been stronger and, and that mistakes were probably made in the changes. But look, it's the knee-jerk reaction... Newcastle have lost one game in three or four months. Of course, it's going to be, you know, pandemonium on social media and everything like that. So, look, as I say, try and move on, focus on tomorrow and, and put things right then. Ross Neal says it was a terrible performance, but every team has them uh, now and then. But let's not be negative. Uh, some of the players who got game time needed it. I mean, there's some comments here praising Matt Ritchie for... His efforts, you talk about Jamal Lewis, he needs game time to bounce back from the horrible injuries he's had. Jamal Lascelles, you know, does a job when he, he comes in. And maybe, for the large part, it was just a bit of luck on Sheffield Wednesday's side. You know, Newcastle had the chances, some decent saves, some wasted chances as well. You know, how many? They had 22 shots, seven on target, 11 corners. 
you know, in another game, they're winning that three or four nil, and it just happened to be that Sheffield Wednesday took their chances. Yeah, look, and, and we've spent a lot of the time already on this podcast, you know, Slate and Newcastle and their performance, but let's not take anything away from Sheffield Wednesday. Bang in form going into this, named a, a very strong team. Uh, Darren Moore's got them playing some fantastic football and, you know, they did look up for it from minute one. So as much as Newcastle were bad and they gifted them, you know, some costly defensive errors, I thought, that, I mean, the, the defending for the first goal, you know, is quite criminal when you watch it back from the cells. But Sheffield Wednesday were up for it from minute one and, and they were, you know, they were good value for the win, I thought. I suppose it's something Newcastle are going to have to get used to, isn't it? You know, this is no longer just a Premier League side coming to a League One ground. That's no longer just the thought of a, of a League One side. It's probably also in their mind that this is like the richest club in the world. You know, we want to be the team that puts the richest club in the world out of the cup competition. And, that, that you know, there's always, there's now going to be the Newcastle's a scalp that we want to take. And that's that's something they're going to have to get used to. Yeah, look, and look, this is, Newcastle United are no strangers to third cup. You know, third round exits in this cup in the last couple of years, and um, you know, even before the takeover, any Premier League team is seen as a scalp in this competition from the early rounds. You only have to look at this weekend and look at the other results. I mean, Stevenage getting something at Aston Villa yesterday, Cardiff almost taking you know leads um, earlier in the day as well. So these things happen. Eddie Howe knows about it. He's no stranger to it. It was the same with Cambridge last year, and look what they did after Cambridge last year. That defeat was. You know, seen as the end of the world, everyone was starting to question whether Howe was the man to really lead Newcastle out of danger. And they just bounced back perfectly. So if they can do that again, and they can act as sort of a springboard to, to better results, then we'll be laughing in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, thank you to Aston Villa for stealing some of the headlines this weekend with that uh, result to Steamage. We, uh, yeah, we, we, Newcastle fans, I think, will be uh, very happy at that result because it made... Uh, the exit to Sheffield Wednesday, not the worst result of the weekend. And um, we'll dive into some more comments here. This one from James. He says, best defence in the league, but you take one or two out and that defence, they'll be average. Take three out, very poor. Thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, Sven Botman can't do it all. Yes, he's this Rolls-Royce football out of the wall, you know, taking two in our hearts already, but... You know, he did look a bit, a little bit out of sorts alongside the cells the other night. I think as much as Mankio, I thought, did very well going forward. You know, he, he's not anywhere near, you know, trip your standard. And I think we missed Dan Byrne at left back. And I think, you know, that comment's spot on. I think you take this team who have been so defensively solid, you change four of the five at the back. Of course, you're going to have slip-ups. So, how he probably needed to do it. He needed to rest players. But we probably know that, you know, as we touched on before, the depth just probably isn't there at the back. So what's the answer to that then? I mean, we've spoken about the squad depth on numerous occasions. We, we spoke about it last week when we were like kind of looking ahead to this game that we said it was going to be a massive test of the depth of the squad. And many people would say it's proven the depth's not really there. Yes, we're in a transfer market, but it's not easy, is it, to go out and, and fix that solution. That is going to be a a two-three window kind of uh, solution. Yeah, and look, you know, going into the game, we were speaking on the podcast last week, and, and I personally thought that the the depth issue was going to come in midfield. You know, changing the three or four that were sort of interchanging in that middle of the park role. But really, when you look at it, I think after Saturday, it's probably the defence that you look at and think long term. 
I mean, even the players that are starting Trippier and Cher, we touched on it before, or, or you know, I know Spring Chicken, Stan Burn as well. So, as you said, it's a two or three window problem. I think between now and the end of the season, which is what Newcastle need to focus on, it's not too pressing if they can get two or three bodies through the door to plug a few gaps, add a little bit of strength in, in areas that they're probably lacking. And I think then you worry about in the summer and in next January about, you know, really making sure that every single area of this team is up to scratch. Now, you mentioned there how we, we disagreed on the priorities for this window. I said a striker, you said a midfield. I've got a bit of a, shall we say, lively, uh, lively debate on social media with my call for a striker. However, having watched Saturday and that Chris Wood miss, and I know it's only a miss, and you know he could come off the bench tomorrow and he could even start tomorrow maybe and, and, and have a blinder. But that miss... It gets worse every time you watch it, and he just—he—he he, he just didn't look full of confidence. You, you know, and that's half the battle. And you think back now, I actually wonder how many times you can say he looks com- comfortable, he looks confident in a black and white shirt. It, you know, there was a few people on Twitter um, saying, you know, it—it it really is a that that's more than a miss for him. Is that an overreaction? Is that it is just a miss, you know, and you'll still be part of Eddie Howe's plans going forward, or, or could that be a miss of um, quite a magnitude? I think the miss itself. I think you saw on Chris Wood's face after the miss when he had his head in his hands. He knew that was a huge opportunity, not just in the terms of that game, but in terms of his Newcastle United career. The only time this player looks confident is when he's putting the ball on the penalty spot. And that is very, it's very good for Newcastle United when they haven't got Callum Wilson or Matt Ritchie on the pitch. But how many times is, is can you, how many times is that going to drag you through a game? I've, I've really tried with Chris Wood. And, and I think, as I've said, you know, I've, anyone who listens to this pod know I've tried to, you know, find the positives of his game the last couple of weeks. But I just think this confidence that we're wanting to find is not going to come. And I will say in his defence, I thought some of the, the social media response, as is natural in 2023, was a bit over the top and people saying that, you know, he, he should never kick a ball for Newcastle United again. I think, you know, he, he's played a big role in this team the last couple of months when Isaac and Wilson have been out and that shouldn't be forgotten about. But I think it just serves as a bottom line, as a reminder that in terms of long-term future, I don't think he's got one at this football club. Awful miss. Awful. It's probably still it's probably still rising, to be fair. You know what it is? I, I, I don't know why I'm doing it myself, but it keeps coming up on my Twitter and I keep watching it. You know, as if he's just... Because every time you watch it, you think, well, he's got to score this one. But, yeah, it just gets worse every time you see it, really, doesn't it? I mean, it was a brilliant work by Joe Linson and he held on to the ball to make sure Wood could come back on side, plays him through. And a, a striker at the top of his game... Just puts that away, but he just got it all, all wrong. And this word in a Burnley shirt scores that nine times out of ten. So why, so why, why not in a Newcastle shirt then? Because, well, look, if I had the answer to this question, Eddie Howe would be paying us the big bucks, and I'd be on his coaching staff. But I, I, he just does not look confident. He's never looked confident, and this is what this is what I, I don't understand. Is he keeps scoring these penalties, and you know he, he notches the odd goal from open play, and you think, right, this is it, kick on. You're finding your feet in this system, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the pressure of knowing that he's got Isaac and Wilson back now, breathing down his shoulder. He probably knows every time he's on this pitch, he's been scrutinised more than most um, because of how much pressure's on his shoulder. So 
I think he's he's drastically running out of time to to save any Newcastle United future for himself if he hasn't already run out of time already. But you saw enough from Isaac though, I'm assuming, to see him in a black and white shirt for a long, long time to come. Even though he was only a 45 minutes uh, out. Yeah, I, th- I think Isaac bringing coming back in from the start. I think he looked okay. I don't I don't think he looked you know bang up a scratch as 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 probably expected after such a layoff. But I think. His movement's very, very good off the ball, and, and it's something that you know I try and watch when I'm at St James's Park. In the first couple of games he was here, he's always asking for the ball. He just he didn't really have that sort of connection with his teammates when he first joined. I think, as as how alluded to the other the other week in his press conference, yes, he's been injured, but he's had a lot of time to settle in. He's had a lot of time to see how this team work, and I think we'll see a better Isaac in the second half of the season for that. Um, so I'd like to see him from the outset tomorrow, if not off the bench. I think, you know, Eddie Howe's pretty much said that, you know, he's definitely in the plans and he's came through unscathed. So now it's just really about him hitting the ground running and finding his feet, you know, as soon as possible, really. Again, is it is it slightly easier for him to come in because he can fit into that Callum Wilson role a little bit better than Chris Wood can? I mean, we saw Alan Shearer on Match of the Day being asked about it and he, he felt that Isaac would probably play on one of the sides to Callum Wilson. Yeah, I think I think it's easier because he knows that he can play either off the striker or he can come in as a nine. I think starting at the weekend probably give him a bit of confidence. Yes, he didn't get a goal, but as I say, you know, he created enough. And I think also, yes, he's got this you know, his huge price tag on his on his back, but he's actually got the backing of the fans, whereas I don't think you can say that for Chris Wood, you know, when Chris Wood steps up or comes on the pitch, there isn't this fanfare that that Isaac's got, and hopefully, if he thrives off that, as certain players do, you know, Maxi and, and Miggy, then then we'll be all right. But uh, as we said last week on the show, Newcastle's success in the second half of the season is down a lot to him, you know, and how quickly he can find his feet in this team with Wilson sort of being out of sorts of late. How does Eddie Howe then pick up his size for tomorrow? Because a massive game, they're not used to losing. You then got players like Chris Wood down in the dumps. One would imagine because of that that miss. Um, how does he pick the team up? Look, I don't think you'll need to say much. I think this team's been on such a good run. I don't think they'll let one you know blip of a of a cup scare ruin that momentum. I think the players that are going to be drafted back into first eleven tomorrow know exactly what their job is. I think you know you can. Definitely guarantee there's going to be a fantastic crowd there tomorrow. The War Flags initiative is going to play a big part before the game. You've just got to hope that if they can hit the ground running as they have done so many times at home this season, waste no time sticking it to Leicester like they did on Boxing Day. Hopefully, you know, touch wood by eight o'clock, half eight tomorrow, Sheffield will be, you know, a, a distant memory. Fingers crossed. I mean, they've got a really good chance here. But Leicester be drilling them in the FA Cup. Didn't have it easy. Um, so they'll be coming in in a bit of confidence. And it's going to be, it is going to be interesting to see if if the defeat of Sheffield Wednesday impacts the mood. You know, Is it seen as just a defeat or does it have a, a bit more of a lasting impact? Because like we said, they're just, they're just not used to, to lose it. I mean, anyhow, we'll, we'll be you know upset going out because he wants to win every game. Um, and unfortunately, that, 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 that didn't happen. Um just a quick word on the on the players that came off the bench to try and save the day. Bruno Gomes got a goal. I mean, 
no secret is it that those players are really, you know, as we've said, they're the core of that Newcastle side. And he wouldn't have wanted to have brought them off the bench, though. He would want to, to save them for Tuesday night against Leicester. But, I mean, he, he had to do it in the previous round at St James's Park, where he had to bring four or five of them off the bench to break the stalemate against, you know, either Bournemouth or Palace, whichever game it was, that they really were struggling to break the teams down. So, he, he can't start relying on that, you know, bringing these four or five core players off the bench to save his skin every time that they're, they're struggling when they're, they're, they feel the weaker team. But again, that comes down to transfer windows and who they can bring in this January, next summer, next January. Um, we know that that's, that core group of 14, 15 players are good enough on their day to drag this Newcastle United team to Europe this season. It's just, you know, when these players aren't available, when Bruno's not in the middle, when, you know, I mean, dare I say it, when Miggy's not in attack, you know, it just, they just look like a different outfit. So, crucial tomorrow that these players that have been playing so well find their feet and, you know, aren't sort of, you know, disrupted by not playing on Saturday. But I think they'll have welcomed the break. They'll, you know, be happy for a rest, um, you know, that they haven't really had in recent weeks. And, and I'm sure, you know, they'll be all, all know their jobs tomorrow. So, as I say, you know, it's both back to business. It's about getting that balance, isn't it? You know, they've played so many games at the start of the turn of the year. We said it was going to be a pivotal week. We said it was going to test the depth. It's done that. Um, like you said, probably, I mean, would they have been grateful for the rest? I'm not sure. I'm sure they want to play every game, especially when you're winning. Yeah, but let's say Bruno had picked up an injury on Saturday. There would have been a lot of, you know, fingers pointed, you know, should have rested him, should have played him. Yes, you want them to play every game and keep that momentum, but you know how's got to manage this group, especially when you know they've had such a good a long run in the team. A lot of them, you know, straight back in from the World Cup without a rest as well. So you know, maybe he thought Saturday was just the perfect opportunity to give them, you know, that break that they're probably not going to get between now and May. I think I already know the answer to this question, but did any of them do enough to force their way into the first team thinking for not just Tuesday night, but the, the, the you know the season? Going going forward, um, I mean the the simple answer is none of them did enough to get back in the first team. No, I don't think there'll be any. You know, maybe Isaac. You could say depend on how fit Wilson is tomorrow is probably the only one that you think probably comes straight back in. But I think the rest of them, Richie, doesn't come back in. Lascelles doesn't come back in. Mankiw, I will say, I don't think obviously he's not going to come straight back in the first team, but. One of the, my big fears was that Trippier being injured or getting injured in the second half of the season would have a massive effect on this team. Yes, it's only one game and, you know, yes, he, did, he didn't pull up any trees, but I did think Mankiw, you know, slotted straight back in really well. I thought going forward he did, you know, did well. He got a lot of crosses away. Um, but no, the simple answer is, you know, any of them that thought, right, this is my chance to, you know, grab a starting spot or really throw myself back into the limelight, I, I don't think they did... Um, it didn't sell any favors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You saw the, the uplifting quality when those players came on. Trippier, you know, directing, leading, and the delivery of the set pieces. 
um, Bruno just another level in the middle of the park. And that's what Newcastle have to aim for in the trans window. But it's not going to be easy. In many ways, you might argue they're, they're a victim of their own success in the transfer market because the majority of players they've signed are top class uh, with a brilliant attitude, but it's not going to be easy to find that every single time. Do you think the result against Sheffield Wednesday changes anything with regards to January? Um, or will it be viewed as it's a defeat? We knew the squad wasn't uh, great in depth, but we're not going to change. We're not going to deviate from, from the transfer plans for this month. I think it's so. it would be so easy to just you know, take that defeat and think, right, we're going to completely change change the plans for January. We know we need a couple of players in. I just don't think they'll do that. I think, you know, Howe and his team and Ashworth have had, they'll have had what they want, where they want to strengthen, locked in for weeks now. And I don't think that defeat on Saturday changes anything. I think Howe probably knows deep down in his heart of hearts that his second string probably aren't, you know, at the level that he wants to be. So I, I don't think, Saturday's defeat will come as a massive shock of him to suddenly think, no, actually, maybe we don't have, you know, 18, 19 players that can all do the same job. So there'll be clamour on social media. There'll be clamour from supporters to, you know, go out and buy, you know, maybe a couple more than they were planning this month. But I don't think internally it'll, it'll change too much. Jordy Toonfly says, we all know the squad depth is not good enough, but it will take another five to six windows to make us strong in all positions. Roger says Manquillo did canny, so he agrees with you there, Aaron. Let's talk about then your team for the game against Leicester. We expect changes, changes back to what we usually see in the Premier League. So just let let us run through then the team, Nick Pope and goal, Trippier at right back, Cher, Botman, Dan Byrne, and then uh, Sean Longstaff, Bruno, uh, who Joe Joe Willick, or is it? I mean, the only real question mark is whether Ansett Maxman is fit enough. Uh, missing through illness, you would have expected him to play against Sheffield Wednesday, and maybe could have been the difference. I suppose that's the only the only question really is whether he's fit enough to be in contention, and then if he is fit enough, does he finally get that uh, that get that start? I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's two questions, I think, for me. I think one is Maxi and whether he's fit. I don't think he'd come straight back in from the start, just given the magnitude of the game and the fact he hasn't played too much and the fact he's obviously, even if he's past fit, you know, how fit is he actually going to be? I think the other question for me is who actually starts up front? Does he go with Isaac again? Or if Wilson's given the all clear, does he think, well, I'll throw him back in from the start? That's the that's the only real question mark for me. I think Joel Litton will start on the left, Miggy on the right, and then I think if you ask me now, I'd say Isaac, but I think a lot depends on how fit Callum Wilson is. You say that, no one expected Isaac to start, and there he was, so you could well see Ansett Maximum uh, throwing straight in, but then if he if he's not, but he's fit enough for the bench, I mean, what 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 an asset to bring off the bench, you know, as we said, it's going to be a massive game tomorrow. You know, everyone's bringing their black and white, black and white scarves. Brilliant uh, pre-match atmosphere, hopefully, and Newcastle can can match that on the pitch. Just talk us through, Aaron, the magnitude of, of of this game, and especially on the back of the defeat as well. You don't want to go out of the two cup, two cup competitions in the space of three or four days, do you? 
it was it was already a huge game. Now I think it suddenly becomes the biggest of the season because, as I, as I said earlier, if they lose tomorrow night, get knocked out of both cups, when you know a lot of fans thought this is the year to really really capitalise on the lack of fixtures and really have a good cup run, it it will deplete the morale of, of the fans completely. It will also probably deplete the morale of the squad. It, it leaves Howe with a huge salvaging job to try and get the players right again for what's going to be a very, very difficult push in the Premier League towards the end of the season. Um, and yeah, and, and I mean, look, it, it, I don't think Newcastle United will get knocked out. I hope, you know, I haven't jinxed that. But I think I think they will bounce back. I think this squad of players that's been playing together frequently knows each other well enough and they're in a good enough run of form to keep that going. But absolute disaster if they lose tomorrow after losing Saturday. It piles a lot more pressure on them than what was already on them. Um, because as I've said, a lot, a lot of fans think that this is a year to really, really go deep in the competitions. And the big issue is just be more clinical in front of goal, isn't it? You know, nil-nil against Leeds, nil-nil against Arsenal, a scrappy goal in the cup against Sheffield Wednesday. They need to start scoring goals. They need to take the chances that they're creating. Yeah, and look, this this was an issue before Chef Wed, you know, me and you have been talking on the on the pod in the last couple of episodes since the World Cup and of how they've been struggling. Wilson obviously doesn't look, you know, bang in form at the moment. And as as Roger Cook said earlier, I've just had to scroll back up the comments here and, and it's a it's a stat that Kieran Kelly's wrote about today. Since the World Cup break, the castle have had seventy five shots, fifty two off target and only five goals. So they really do need to start finding their shooting boots again, I think. Sorry, 52 off target. Yeah. So, that's what? Is that 62 off target or is that 52 on target? That's what, I mean, that sounds a lot to have off target. Surely they can't have had... On target, yeah. But still, I mean... I mean, either way, it's not brilliant. I mean, and this is why, you know, I, I still stand by it. In an ideal world, I'd, ha- I'd have a striker in um, tomorrow to try and put some of them, them chances away. Um... Roger, actually, as, you, as you, you mentioned one of his previous comments, he says you've got to restore Joe Linton to the middle of the park. And I've seen a lot of discussion about this on social media uh, since the, the, the Wednesday game about putting him back into the to the centre of the park, people feeling he's he's wasted. But then to do that, you sacrifice one of Joe Linton, uh, sorry, one of Joe Willick or one of Sean Longstaff because Bruno is not going to be sacrificed. I mean, it's probably a question more for the long term, but I, I certainly think... Uh, to get the best out of him, he has to be in that middle of the park and just given a license to to roam. Long term, yes, and I think you know it's it's a, a headache for how to probably overcome it in the next couple of months. But I think in this run of form and and how Willick, Longstaff, and Bruno have been playing, I don't think you can really justify dropping any of them at the moment. I certainly wouldn't be you know rushing Jolton back at the middle. I think he's actually performed really really well out on the left, and I think. He's done enough at the moment to keep Maxi out of the team, especially if we don't know how fit Maxi is. So, yes, long term, you know, it, there's a question to be answered as to you know what the best midfield three is. That that's before they've even you know went out and potentially signed another midfielder this this window. But I think for now, I, I'd definitely be leaving Jordan in the uh, on the left side of the three. And we'll sign off, Aaron, before I get your uh, result prediction. With just a, a, a rumor um, that's popped up, an, an old name that was linked a lot during the, the summer transfer window. Musa Diaby, you know, clearly a very good player. 
and he was strongly linked in the summer. But is that a priority for Newcastle, a winger? Um, I don't think it should be. I think undoubtedly a fantastic player, you know, undoubtedly a player that Newcastle United would benefit from signing. But I think at this term, at this side of the season, I don't think it's, it's a priority. I think, as we've touched on many times, for me, it's a midfielder. For you, it's a central striker. And I think for a lot of people, it's back up in other areas. I think you look at how well Miggy Almiron's played this season. And I think it sort of offsets the need to buy a right midfielder in this window. That's not to say, you know, they shouldn't go out and go all out for a fantastic winger um, at the end of the season. But I think in this window, limited options, limited budget, it, it wouldn't be one that I'd be, you know, throwing all my money at in, in this month at least. Certainly going to be an interesting one to watch. I'm going to jump straight in now because you might have heard there that uh, the drilling that we experienced late last year has just sprung up again. Um, we had a quiet week last week, but um, the drilling gods are not in our favour this week and it's started up again. So we will sign off before it uh, begins again. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to Everything is Black and White podcast. Do hit the follow button on your podcast provider or the subscribe button over on YouTube. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where we'll keep you date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including our dedicated transfer live blog, Eddie Howe's build-up to tomorrow's game and, of course, live coverage of that game against Leicester City, where we hope Newcastle can secure a spot in the semi-final of the League Cup. Thank you very much for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your week.